Hey, everybody, we did it. We are live with another Playful Humans podcast. Uh, David and I take a little break uh, for lunch and having some fun with you. Glad you could join us. I'm Mike Montague, host of the Playful Humans podcast. You can find us at PlayfulHumans.com. If you need to, uh, you know, rediscover the power of play in your life, have a little more fun, flow, and fulfillment, go to PlayfulHumans.com. David McBee is an internet marketer, an author, podcaster, and new uh, children's book author. We're going to talk with him about that next. Here we go. David, uh, we did it. We should uh, warn people, I think, uh, at the start here that there's no relation. We don't know what we're doing. We're both in Kansas City. I feel like we're both about the same age. We have aerodynamic hair tr- haircuts that are quick drying and uh, look really good in black T-shirts. Uh, <laughs> but we need to start with the joke of the week. Uh, the joke of the week is brought to you by Dogs at the Zoo. If you ever see a dog at the zoo, you know it's a shit zoo. Dogs at the zoo. All right. Did you hear about the animals that escaped from SeaWorld? I'm going with an animal theme today. I did not. It was Otter Chaos. All right. Can you beat it? (laughs) Well, uh, did you hear about the uh, archaeologist who found a lamp and he rubbed it, you know, and a genie popped out. The weird thing was the genie was wearing cargo shorts. And so the archaeologist was like, what's going on with the cargo shorts? He's like, I'm a new dad. I'm really into all dad things. So uh, so let, let's hear let's hear your wishes. And so the archaeologist says, all right, my first wish is I want to be rich. And the archaeologist says, all right, what's your second wish, rich? <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, all right. That's a good one. I haven't heard that before. It gets us uh, gets us started. Now, on this show, we like to just talk to people that are playing for a living. They're, they're living their best life. They're putting themselves out there. They're being creative. So how do you go from internet marketing to a children's book about a uh, Jeep that is uh, going off, having off-road adventures and, uh, and showing courage? Well, internet marketing has been my career for 20-plus years. I just fell into it. Um, yeah, I, I actually went to college for theater of all things. So we know how those uh, those uh, college degrees tend to go, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, but I found myself selling Yellow Pages. And then, of course, Yellow Pages transitioned to Internet. But uh, just for fun, I've been a, I'm a Jeep guy. I've been a, driving Jeeps since I was 16 years old. I think I've had nine of them over the years. And um, some buddy of my some buddies of mine recently, well, it's been a little while, about, about 2019 or so, they invited me out to uh, to Moab, which is kind of like the Jeep playground of the world, right? It's it's like being on a roller coaster that isn't connected. You know, it's all these mountains and roads. And anyway, they took me over this uh, this one trail called Hell's Revenge, of all things. And um, the best way to describe it is kind of like imagine taking a toy Hot Wheel and driving it up the back of a dinosaur. And so it's like about a 70 foot drop on the left, 70 foot drop on the right. It's not smooth. It's rocky. So it's doing this the whole time. And I had 
a massive panic attack. In fact, I'm I'm getting a little look look at that shaking just yeah. just talking about it, right? Um, so I put the car in park, and I had driven 17 hours to get here, or something like that. And this was the very first trail. I almost I almost chickened out. I was like, I'm done. Um, but my friends, uh, they actually got out of their Jeeps. The guy in front of me walked back to me. The guy behind me walked up to me and they just stood right outside my, my car window. Right. And they're like, you got this, man, you can do this. Just take it slow. Just walk with me. You're at about a 27% angle. You're going to be just fine. And they, they, they helped me through this massive obstacle. And I don't mean off-road obstacle, but mental obstacle. Right. And, uh, when we got through it, I mean, we spent the entire week out there and I was doing things that I thought were absolutely crazy. I was like, where are the police to tell us this is illegal because we did some crazy stuff. And when I got home, I would tell people that story that I just shared with you. And I don't remember who it was, but somebody said, that sounds like a children's story. It sounds like the little engine that could, you know? And, uh, I never thought I'd be a children's book author. My kids are older. I have a 17 year old and a 22 year old, but for whatever reason, I jumped on it. I found an artist on the internet, um, told him the art is amazing, by the way, I don't want to interrupt your story there, but I was going to ask you how you pulled that off. Could you share a little bit about how you, you found that person? Cause it's it's amazing. I mean, they look like stickers or, you know, the movie cars or whatever. I'm sure you get in trouble with that a little bit, but I mean, really professional, uh, animations there. That's really cool. Yeah. He turned out to be great. I actually, uh, uh, found him on Upwork, you know, just as, you know, he's an independent contractor doing his thing. Right. Um, I tested three or four or five artists and he was the one I liked the most. Um, and so I would send him photographs of our trip and I'd say, turn this into an image. Oh, cool. And, um, when we didn't have images that fit the storyline, cause nobody had their camera out at the time. Right. Then I would, uh, I would pose hot wheels on pillows and blankets in my, in my bedroom and take a photograph of that and send that to him and say, this is the scene. And then he turned it into the the beautiful artwork that is, is the book. Wow. Well, that's awesome. It looks really cool. And that's turned into three books for you. So you must've had enough fun on the first one to do a couple more. Tell me uh, about that. Cause I'm just fascinated. Did you feel like you had more stories to tell? Were people asking you for more books? I saw the one about uh, girl power, which is uh, awesome as well. Um, how did those come about? Well, the truth is, and I don't want this to come off like I'm a whiny baby. It certainly wasn't profits. <laughs> it wasn't because <laughs> I was selling a lot of books, right? As a self-published author who's paying the artist to do every single page, I had to sell a thousand books just to break even, right? And once I sold a thousand, I was like, all right, now I'm in the black. Okay, maybe I'll make a little money here. Um, but then I was on another trip. And some things happened, you know, on that trip that just inspired me. Um, And my buddy Justin and I were up late one night in the hotel talking about the day. He's like, you should bring DJ back. And I want to be Tex because I'm from Texas. And since you have your drone out all the time, we need a character who's a drone. So we invented Droney and Droney scouts the trail. And so that's how the second book came about is because real events inspired it as well. And then the third book, as you mentioned, is all about girl power. And that kind of occurred when uh, my wife and daughter both bought pink Jeeps. And uh, they actually kind of got some grief because people were like, well, you're you're never going to take that off road. Girls can't go off roading. Girls this. And and I 
I'm, I do not live in a house where we say girls can't. We do not. That does not come out of our mouths, right? Except maybe for P standing up. But at the end of the day, I felt inspired to write a book about girls overcoming that obstacle as well. Uh, that's awesome. You reminded me, I went to Sedona and then the Grand Canyon for the first time this summer. So I did the pink Jeep tour and, uh, it was very interesting. They give you some good scares there. I know all about, uh, what you're talking about here. Uh, cause they have some fun there in San Diego. And, the truth uh, is I don't think I could do that pink Jeep tour. I don't think I can be the passenger in the back of a Jeep on those scary ledges. I need to be in control. I can definitely see uh, a lot of that, too. You bring up an interesting point, because one of the things that's really hit home to me in doing this podcast is the control versus chaos argument that um, I think what makes life interesting is the movement between the two. You don't want to be in complete chaos. You don't want to be in complete order because that's boring either. But when you can kind of make a go for it, do something chaotic for a little bit, put yourself out there and then come back and settle in, let your body recoup, you know, de-stress and, and uh, put yourself in order and then do that as many times as possible. I think that's really what makes life interesting. So uh, I wanted to follow up with you more really about your career because you also have the everyday lessons every day uh, book for adults and the companion podcast there. What do you feel like makes you put yourself out there. I, I feel like the response from the audience is the part you can't control, right? So you can work really hard on the book, make it as good as possible. But once you put it out there and share it with people, the responses are the chaos part that, that kind of makes those projects interesting. What makes me want to put myself out there? I, you know, yeah. you could, I mean, you could have just kept doing internet marketing for other people and put them out there and, and not absolutely. I mean, you could ask, why would I want to participate with you today? Right. Yeah. Right. I think it's because I feel like I have something to say that's of value. I feel like um, I've gotten enough responses from my stories or my books or my podcasts that people were genuinely helped in a positive way that I feel inspired to continue to put out as one of my best friends says, put out my best work, you know? Yeah. Um, so I guess that's what inspires me to do it. Um, certainly not for the fame or the the money, because there's none of that, right? It's just <laughs> yeah. wanting, to, wanting to get it out there. I will say this, though, with the children's book, I get the added benefit of occasionally I get invited to go to elementary schools to read in front of the kids. And uh, that's a blast. Reading a children's book in front of kids is already fun. But then I show them videos and pictures of the actual stuff that happens and they ooh and ah, and then they come outside and see the Jeep and touch the Jeep and, and pose with the Jeep. And that's just so much fun. That is really cool. One of my favorite memories from the last couple of years, I did, uh, 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 April Fool's Day uh, talk at a middle school right after uh, last year when Will Smith slapped Chris Rock for the joke. And they were having questions about what are appropriate jokes and how do you not hurt people's feelings and and stuff. And it was a really, really great conversation. And I felt it was uh, it was really rewarding to go and and, you know, uh, talk to people that maybe haven't crystallized their opinions and stuff as much as uh, as adults. So that's awesome. I'm glad you get the chance to to give back there, too. And that that does make it fun with the, the children's books. Yeah, I wanted to roll back and ask. Oh, I'm sorry. 
I was going to say, we make the conversation not just about the story and the book and the overcoming fear, but then I also inspire them if they are an artist, you know, that they could do something like this, or if they have stories to tell that they could do that. So it's kind of a, a threefold approach. It's like face your fears, do stuff that's scary, be brave enough to be an artist, be brave enough to be an author. I love that. Those are three things that I try and uh, live my life by and and what I'm trying to do here. Um, And I, again, I feel like we're very eerily similar here. So I'm guessing similar ages that we kind of grew up with the internet. So I did want to talk to you a little bit about the the day job and internet marketing, because I feel like things have shifted over time where... um, you know, maybe in the 2000s, it was really just about publishing anything and creating a blog and SEO content. And you could kind of control what the medium was and social media didn't have algorithms. It was just showing your posts to everybody. And so whatever you put out there seemed to kind of get traction or get seen or get in engagements. And now for me, at least, it seems like it's a much, much harder that if it's anything Uh, boring, business-related, uninspired, the same as anybody else, it's not going anywhere. And so there's this, uh, to me, this dichotomy of everybody wants to be part of the crowd and they want to be like everybody else. So they're copying other people's internet memes and things that go viral. But really the stuff that works are the things that are the opposite of that. They're specific to you. They're highly personal. They're scary stuff to put out there that takes guts. How do you think about modern internet marketing these days? And if somebody was a solopreneur, a a business listening to this, how can they apply what we've been talking about to their internet marketing? Well, I always tell business owners if they want to succeed on social media specifically, that they should follow the rule of the three E's, uh, that every single post or let's say nine out of 10 of their posts should be either educational, entertaining, or engaging. Because the moment they say we've got new shoes for sale or check out this new bicycle that we have in stock, or uh, we've lowered the prices on our smartphones, it just gets lost, right? Like it just, nobody wants to hear that. They want to go to social media to have fun or learn something or to participate. So if you're following all three of those E's, then you're giving the people on social media what they want, right? So occasionally you have to say something about, yes, our product is on sale, right? Uh, DJ's Off-Road Adventure is all over Instagram and I do some stuff on TikTok, but it's mostly just photos or videos of my Jeep adventures or kids reading my books, you know, once in a while, especially around Christmas or something, I'll be like, Hey, go buy my book. But that's, that's not why people go to social media. Yeah. Do you have any, um, advice, I guess, along the, the courage advice that you give in, in DJ's off-road adventures for people that are afraid to put themselves out there. They're worried about the backlash or negative comments or how they handle, uh, stuff like that when it is maybe not what's expected. Um, yes. And let me tell you a story before I answer your question directly. Um, when I first put DJ's off-road adventures on TikTok, I posted a video of, and this will be a little complicated. I'm using what's called a drywall tool, which is basically a little plastic handle. And I use that to take the doors off of my Jeep and I call it a Jeep hack. Right. And you don't really need it. You could just lift with your hands, you know, but the bottom of the door is a little bit 
you know, I've got delicate salesman hands, right? So this, <laughs> this, this makes it a little easier and I'm short too. So that helps. So I thought I put this out there and people will be like, oh, this is great. This is very helpful. And the comments came rolling in and they were brutal. It was like, okay, where do you, where's your purse? You know, or Dang. yeah. Um, to which I said, my wife's holding it. Duh. Um, and then there was another comment about cargo shorts. I can't believe you're wearing those. I was like, uh, I don't remember what I said. Something like I'm heading to old Navy later and I want to fit in or something. I don't remember, but, but I had fun with it. Right. They were trolls and they were being really mean. But as soon as I responded with a snarky, like you didn't hurt me comment and not like defensive, then there, a lot of the times they would reply back and they were human again. All of a sudden, they weren't a troll. They were like, ah, you got me, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, that's pretty good, you know? And what it made me realize is that while people are pretty, can can be pretty brutal on the internet, it's just because they're just scrolling and it's the first thing that comes to their mind and it's a little ornery. But if you think about that person as though it's a friend of yours saying that to you, how many times have your friends just really dug into you really hard and you just, you didn't mind? Because they're your friend. And so I guess if you're going to put yourself out there, here's the answer to your question. Finally, yeah. you got to be ready for the negative comments and the hateful comments and the trolls. But and if you can't handle that, maybe you shouldn't put yourself out there. But that's my advice for dealing with folks who are uh, not particularly nice on the Internet. And by the way, I love that, that. and I think it, it's um a great reminder that that's not the end of the conversation. I mean, yes, sometimes they can drop a, a bomb or a hateful comment and then not reply, but you can also continue that conversation. You can accept it and think of it like an improv exercise. How can you, you know, hit it back to them and, and make it funny and engaging. And I think that goes for positive comments too. Way too many people don't respond to positive comments. Somebody says, I love the book and you just ignore them and walk away. Like, well, respond to those, come up with, with at least something, click uh, a like or a heart on that at the very, least right yeah uh now about the um book process uh, there's lots of ways to do that these days so i want to hear your opinion it's completely self-published hybrid publishing uh would you ever think about you know selling the book to a publisher how did that work out for you and what do you feel like uh did you learn during this book process i really thought i'd sell more books and that my profit margin would be higher so that's, that's just put that out, right? That, that's just not, uh, especially since here's a copy of it, by the way, since it's a hardcover, yeah. right? I have to go through, I go through Ingram Sparks uh, to produce them. And then Ingram Sparks sells them on Amazon. Um, I think if you were willing to have pallets of books in your garage, you could get them a lot cheaper. Like you can get them overseas or whatever. For me, I you just can also lose space in your garage for the next 20 years. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I don't sell that many books. So I keep a, I keep about a dozen of each copy in stock. So if someone emails me and wants an autographed copy, I can send it to them. Otherwise, I just tell people to buy them on Amazon. What's nice about Amazon is they uh, publish on demand, right? So you don't have to pay a lot of publishing fees. They, somebody buys your book, they print it, and then they send it to them. Um, I think they sell uh, print 10 at a time as, as my understanding of it. So you get to have the 10th one and that 11th person might have to wait a little, a little longer to get theirs. But um, I think it was an easy process for me. It was never about making the money. When I would get an email from Floyd, my artist, I would 
drop everything I was doing, run to the computer, go, oh, what do we got? Like, I was so excited to see those those pages come to life. And my family was like, oh, God, he got another page from Floyd, right? Um, so for me, it was more about the process and it's more about sharing the book than it being a profitable endeavor. And maybe someone has some advice for me on how it could be a profitable endeavor. I wouldn't turn down that uh, conversation. Yeah, for sure. You can find David McBee on LinkedIn or go to DJ's Off-Road Adventures on, on Instagram and uh, find him there. We'll put the links in the, the show notes and stuff. But uh, that kind of leads me to another question, just generally uh, about being a playful human. None of this would have happened if you weren't going out to have fun on the the Jeep. So have you articulated what that activity means to you personally? I mean, you could have obviously just stayed at home and watched Netflix. Why do you continue to to go out in the Jeep and what does that add to your life? Well, first of all, I've watched enough television. I'm, I'm a bit of a junkie. I do watch quite a bit TV. So I've got to balance that with something, right? Um, I grew up in Boy Scouts. Uh, my son was a Boy Scout. So we were camping every single month. We were always out hiking or doing something in the outdoors, right? As I got older, my knees started to hurt. Um, my son stopped, you know, doing Scouts because he went off to college. And now I'm looking for a new outlet. I'm getting my Jeep lifted. Some guy comes out of the back. He goes, is that your Jeep out there? I'm like, yeah. He goes, uh, do you want to be in my wedding? I was like, what? I don't know you. <laughs> he goes, uh, he's, I'm, I'm with Dave. I'm his roommate. Dave's the guy building the Jeep, right? I was like, okay. Why are you inviting me to your wedding? He goes, well, it's at the top of a mountain in Colorado. And we need jeeps to get to the top and help carry some of the 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 guests you know the the photographer the bride's wife mom or whatever you know um so i was like i don't know you but that sounds awesome i'm in and once i did that i was hooked i was absolutely hooked it was my new hiking only in a jeep and i could go much higher much faster the views the, the beauty of nature it just fulfills me you know there's nothing like it uh that's awesome i I really love that i'm an eagle scout uh as well and i i definitely think that that charged me to continue to learn and explore and just uh, my parents always encouraged me to do something whether it's a sport or scouts or or something just you know get out of the house and and keep moving uh which is i think why i do all this side hustle stuff uh as well I've realized I completely forgot you to ask if you wanted to uh, play a game and which game. So we're going to do this live here and uh, find out first. Would you like to play a game? (laughs) Only if you say it like um, like the war games computer. Shall we play a game? That's uh, there we go. All right. We're in. Uh, Oh, wrong. Here we go. Now we can play Family Feud, uh, Awkward Questions, uh, Two Truths and a Lie, or the new Comfort Zone Challenge. Which one would you like to go for? Let's uh, let's go for Family Feud. Family Feud is awesome. I have some questions here loaded up. So all we're looking for is one of the top five answers on the card. We surveyed 100 people and we asked them to name a bad habit that kids pick up from their older brothers and sisters. What do you think they said? Uh, swearing. Number one answer, swearing, uh, smoking, talking back, fighting, yelling, uh, lying, bad attitude also on the list. If you're playing the home game, feel free to, you know, shout it out in the chat. 
Give me a word that you'd associate with kitten. At? There you go. Cats number two, uh, 18 points for that one. Cute number one, meow, purr, soft, mitten, uh, and cuddly. I guess just rhyming there. All right. And the last one. <laughs> okay. Uh, this could get us both in trouble, but name a reason a man who's dating a supermodel might break up with her. He's married. Uh, that's a good one. Cheating number two, uh, but it was she's cheating. Um, she she's too jealous. Uh, she's not smart, shallow, demanding, or conceited. Uh, oh, I got answers there. But uh, you win. So the podcast is yours. Uh, how can we help you? How can you help us? You get the the last word for winning our game. Here. I- You've helped me already. This has been a wonderful uh, conversation. I'm excited to share my story. So thank you already. What can I do for you? Um, you know what? I think you just got to keep uh, keep going and publish more of this cool stuff. I love the idea of the everyday lessons every day. Uh, I'll check out the book and the podcast. And again, if you have any uh, kids that maybe need uh, some courage or guts, go to DJ's Off-Road Adventures on Instagram or uh, the old dot com there to get the book. You can look it up wherever books are sold. And if you're looking for Playful Humans, you can go to PlayfulHumans.com. We have personality quizzes there where you can find out what kind of playful personality you have. So maybe you're an adventurer and explorer like David, or maybe you like puzzles and indoor games, or maybe you like to tell jokes and uh, direct fun for other people, you know, set up uh, social engagements and, and be a party planner. All of that you can find out at PlayfulHumans.com slash quiz with some other good stuff uh, there as well. Until next time, whatever you are be a good one uh if you can't be good be good at it i think that's uh that's a good one too we'll see you next time later live for today keep on chasing the sunshine and go out and play go play everybody